This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. And they're ages. They're not old, but they're, they're not young enough where you want to wait three years for draft picks to develop. You know, they're 26 years old, I believe. And those, to me, are the foundational guys at this point. Cam Johnson continues to impress. Those are the two I want to keep under any circumstances and build around. And I think if you can get one more guy of their caliber who's a ball handler... Uh, and an attacking dynamic playmaker who could score, then I think the Nets are in, in serious business. Yeah, Cam Thomas, you're a Portland Trailblazer next season. <laughs> uh, I see it. I, I see the vision. Uh, but yeah, you're. I mean, you're right. And I think part of the issue too has been just some serious inconsistency. The Nets, outside of uh, Cam Johnson in that last game, shot 30% from the field, which. The Nets were the fifth best three-point shooting team in the league, and they weren't too much worse uh, shooting from two, thanks to Nick Claxton being able to be a competent and functional player when not playing uh, against Joel Embiid. And so the Nets are in a situation where the game plan is working and they're getting players into good positions to hit good shots. They're just not hitting them. And we have seen a glaring lack of the ability to have an independent creator who can generate points on their own as kind of a guarantee. I think that's something that we just don't have and Mikhail Bridges will develop over time. And it seems Cam Johnson has flat shown flashes, but we just don't have that right now. And when you're in a situation where you're defending small ball, but with all wings, you're in a situation where you're playing with so many role players that you have to rely on one or two players in this case, Mikhail, uh, Mikhail Bridges or Cam Johnson to create and two, you know, to score. But if I'm looking at the most glaring weakness from the last game, aside from our shot making, it was the stretches where we played Dinwiddie iso ball. Dinwiddie iso ball just quite frankly did not work. It was so infuriating to watch, to watch us waste and dribble out 10 seconds of every shot clock to work Spencer Dinwiddie into a drive, which did lead to kickouts to open shooters, but it just felt like it slowed the game down too much. And that plays into the Sixers' hands. And we saw that the Nets were at their best when they were able to run and hit shots in open transition. And I think we lose that when you have uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who seems to be someone who likes the, likes the glory, likes the spotlight on him, likes to try and take those shots, hoping that he'll hit them. But in, in the regular season, we saw the Nets had their most success when Spencer Dinwiddie was a good passer, when he was facilitating, when he was you know leading the league in assists. But if he's going to be a a dominant ball dominant player who doesn't swing the ball and who can't hit shots. And also just like Mikhail Bridges in the first half, break back to back free throws. We're not going to have success because the recipe for success was what we saw in the first half. And that was just pure unselfish basketball 
come out of his shot making. Well, yeah, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie misses way too many free throws to, to complain as much as he does. He, he complains and then he, he finally gets there. He doesn't uh, make it. Rahola88, though, writes in the chat, Dinwiddie not really a point guard. And I think that's part of the problem. He's just miscast. You know, to me, Dinwiddie is a combo guard off the bench. Uh, you know, maybe, you know, he, he's good enough to be a spot starter. He's actually played pretty well for the Nets since he got here. He's just not good enough at a few of those things. One, he, he doesn't seem to want to take it right to Embiid when Embiid is in the drop coverage, you know, it, taking it to the rack. Two, he doesn't really have much of a mid-range floater game. Three, his lobs haven't been working. And then four, he's just not shooting the ball that well. You know, he has one of those games where he shoots the ball well. The, the Nets very well could win that game. And, and, and I think that's kind of what we're hoping for now, right? One win, you know, let's do better than last season. Get one win. I'm going to game three with my son uh, on Thursday. I, I hope it is that game. Um, as far as Jacques Vaughn goes, he's done a good job. I mean, the Sixers didn't even score 100 points in the game. That's an, an impressive, you know, job by the, the Nets defense. There are, are possible things he could try. Like, you could try Cam Thomas. I'm not against trying Cam Thomas, given his ability to score, but we've seen why Thomas isn't a part of the, the rotation regularly. But, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. You don't have anything to lose. I, I wouldn't mind it if he dusted off Cam Thomas. I, I've, I've been advocating for Edmund Sumner for a long time, just for the, the defense and the, the, the speed that he brings to the table that other guys don't. Maybe Yuta in, in place of Joe Harris, you know, th those kind of tweaks. But the, the roster simply isn't there. This was a team that was thrown together midseason. And, and I think the silver lining is, that the, the, the Suns trade looks like a really good trade to set them up going forward. They have the, the draft assets to make further moves, either whether that's by selecting players or going for the, the Trey Young, Damian Lillard-style deals. They've got guys who are only going to get better, I believe, as they get more reps with these opportunities. Mikael Bridges to, to learn how to deal with double teams, to expand his game as a playmaker. Cam Johnson to learn how to score off the dribble and become a, a threat beyond, you know, a pull-up jump shooter and a three-point shooter. The, the Twins as, as building blocks. But as far as the, the series goes, it ultimately comes down to the talent deficit. The, the game in game two came down to them missing threes. Um, the series overall is, is coming down to the, the Sixers having a better team. And, and you, there's, you can only get so mad about that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and look, we said going into it that our plan was going to be stop Joel Embiid and we will live with whatever happens next. And the reality of the situation is that these secondary players who are hitting shots for the Philadelphia 76ers are better than the sec secondary players on the Nets, you know? And then the secondary players in the Nets are also exhausted from having to double arguably the best player in the league. It's unfortunate, too, because watching this Sixers team play and the way that they're handling Joel Embiid, it was kind of similar to the vision for those Nets teams with the superstars, right? Where we you needed secondary players to hit shots when teams keyed in on the stars. And the Sixers are proving that they can. Uh, P.J. Tucker remains a really good winning player. Uh Tyrese Maxey has been absolutely unreal, lights out. 
and the Sixers are just hitting more shots. I don't think that means that the Nets can't win a game. I'd love to see them win one game in Brooklyn just to show some improvement over last season. But when you're looking at this series from a bigger picture, I I can't see and I can't possibly understand how the takeaway for so many Nets fans that I've seen and listening to Spaces and looking on Twitter and all that stuff is that Jacques Vaughn is somehow to blame and that Jacques Vaughn is not making, you know, winning uh, decisions when it comes to coaching. And I think that's just such an interesting take because Jacques Vaughn has made decisions. He's made big decisions. The amount that he has reduced Nick Claxton's role has been a massive, massive decision that we saw benefited the Nets greatly in the last game. Nick Claxton is a player that up until recently played just about every minute he could for the Brooklyn Nets. And he completely eliminated him from the rotation in a matchup that Nick Claxton was, you know, billed as the one player that we had that could maybe, you know, do the most to contribute to stopping Joel Embiid. But he's just too small. He's just too thin. And he's not standing his ground and he's getting run through. And that's not on him necessarily because Joel Embiid is that good. But but it shows limitations, right? It shows limitations. It, 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 shows, limitations. Right? it shows that he's it shows that he's not a complete he's not a complete defensive powerhouse. And on the same night that we see the defensive uh, player of the year final rankings come out and Nick Claxton finishes 10th. I was upset with that placement, but it's hard not for the, for the NBA and for the voters to not feel vindicated seeing the way he's getting bullied by a player that it's clear is better at, you know, it's just more important to double him up with players who can get out to shooters because Nick Claxton, unfortunately, and this is, I think the first time I've ever said this is a little bit limited by his relative lack of mobility in this situation. Well, and he's a limited offensive player, too. I mean, look, he's a good player. Uh, he can get better. He's still very young. But he's not untouchable in my mind. I mean, like, when you talk about Cam Thomas and Nick Claxton, to me, those are the two pieces you would be attaching along with salary and along with draft picks to try and make the big splashy move if that's the way that the Nets do choose to go. Because I do think this team... I, I'm not big into championship or bust mentality because I, I think that leaves you disappointed. I mean, every team but the one is disappointed. And there's there's a lot to be said for winning, you know, more games than you lose every year, going to the playoffs, winning a round, winning two rounds, you know, and, and having that happen over a period of five years. And as uh, Gabriel, uh, Gabriel Vaccaro writes in, Trey Young would be perfect. Somebody like that you plug into this team with another tweak. You know, another couple of roster tweaks, maybe a, a physical presence, whatever the case may be. And all of a sudden, I think you're looking at a clear second round team kind of floor, you know, and, and that's where they would be playing with and the, the kind of team that gets right back in the mix into relevancy. Right now, you have a, a hard playing team, a team that plays with pride, a team with likable guys and, and a team with with some players that you're, you feel good about building around in, in Bridges and Johnson. But you, you clearly don't have. A, a contending team. And we knew that we knew that going in to the series. So I, I'm not sure what else there is to be taken away. I mean, it gives some credit to Philly. Tyrese Maxey scares me more than James Harden. I would have said that before the series started as well. I mean, that that's a really good roster when, when Maxey is arguably your third best player and, and you could make the case, you know, on many nights, the, the second best player, PJ Tucker scared me more than any player on the team going into the series, just because he's relentless going for loose balls. And that's where, the, the Nets have gotten uh, killed all year, second chance opportunities, even if he's, you know, allowed to have the ball in his hands after the shot clock, uh, <laughs> which was a tough thing to take. So you hope the home cooking helps stuff like that. You hope there's that one game where the threes really drop, uh, the, the, the Sixers make some turnovers and, and, and the, the Nets can win a game and, and you can 
uh, feel good about it and go building from there. But I, I think the status hasn't really changed from the end of the season, Hudson. It, it's kind of, all right, we, we knew what we had. We knew we now have the potential to go get more. The worst is behind us in the rear view. And, and you, you just want to get through this series acquitting yourself well. 